This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats! 25, toward the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. It. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva the Cats. I am your host, Justin Howes, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats every single week. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Viva the Cats Pod and follow us on Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you listen. And also make sure to check out at UC Uniforms for all the up-to-date uni tracker info from Steve. Steve, you are mirrored. So that was indeed backwards. <laughs> oh, dang. I'm sorry. For your video video viewers, if you are watching this on uh, any video stream, we are figuring this out. We are workshopping. This is our first attempt at trying to pair video with this so we don't have anything official set up very last second but steve did do our little down to drive you see and it uh is unfortunately backwards because it is mirrored but well i made fun of a yukon kid on the barstool account a while back because <laughs> he was so into the yukon cheer that he did it the complete wrong way and i clipped <laughs> it and i was like you idiot so I, I was probably deserving some cub uppance for that about four years later so well how are you justin we're doing good. We actually uh, just started our new job today, and uh, I'm sorry Ooh. for all those who were looking forward to uh, me starting this podcast in a little southern accent that I did promise last week. Uh, I am only. As, of course, Brian Kelly did teach us all, if you move to the south, you have to have a southern accent that you don't have. So that's all we're going to get out of that. Uh, but yeah, no, started off good and excited to uh, just get cracking at the new job, but uh how about you, my good sir? Well, I'm actually headed back to the great Queen City this week. Uh, my cousin is getting married, and I'm in the wedding. Um, I am a, one of the groomsmen, so I am very excited for that. Groomsman. Will not be able to groomsmen. Uh, <laughs> will not be able to watch the game this weekend, but uh, thankfully, ESPN Plus has a great replay section. So I'm probably just gonna rewatch the whole thing on my flight back, and then um, I'm also gonna not watch the Bengals game because I leave right at halftime. So okay. I'm not going to watch the Bengals game and I'm just going to watch both while I have a layover. Uh, so there you uh, go. thankfully technology is a thing and we have phones now. Otherwise I would have had to like <laughs> record it on like a VCR or something back in the day, but uh, hey. this is 2022 and thankfully we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. We are in the future now. Speaking of uh, the future, the past, <laughs> the past, we are putting Arkansas behind us. It uh, it happened and it's over. Uh, we have spoke plenty on Arkansas and it is time to move on. 
Um, the only thing that I think might be decently relevant coming out of that is uh, the Bearcats' current ranking. Uh, what is that, Steve? Uh, that would be number 29, Justin, even though uh, yes. so there was some consternation about this because uh, apparently G5 teams, we know, but get no respect because Oregon is still number 26, receiving 119 votes after they got literally run off the field by Georgia. Um, yep. And we lose it by a touchdown on the road. And uh, no, you, you lose all your credit there. And, yeah. and uh, Arkansas only moved up three spots, which for them, I'd be like, look, Cincinnati is a good team. We beat them and like they probably should have beat us. So we should get True. more credit for that. So like, I, I don't know. I just think, again, we're going to fight an uphill battle, but uh, shout out to Justin Williams for the stat. It was 45 consecutive weeks that the Bearcats were ranked in the AP top 25. Uh, it was the first time since week six of 2019 that UC will not be ranked, but that I don't think we'll sad. be, <laughs> I don't think we'll be out of the rankings for long though, Justin, there's some games this week with ranked on ranked matchups. And eventually I think if we can get back to winning and just start rolling again, I think we can find our way back in there. We probably won't be top 10 anytime this season, unfortunately, because yep. I'm used to us being in the top 10 now after the right. last two years, but. <laughs> It, I just get us in there. As long as the CFP playoff committee has to put our name back in there, then I'm good with it. That's a good point too. And now actually this is a great time to bring up the fact that the college football playoff has been expanded. We haven't mentioned that yet uh, on the podcast, but officially um, the concert or conversation has shifted to 12 teams being approved. So that really kind of lightens up the air, which I think is really interesting going into the big 12. I think a lot of people might argue in the back of their minds. Well, now that the college football playoff has been expanded to 12, is there as much reason for the Bearcats to go into the big 12? And I would still argue, of course there is, because if you're going to try to make a group of six, uh, you know, be the, the top seed from a group of six, there's all the G five teams and everybody else also behind that. And then on top of that, you have your power five teams and to make up the difference and be the one seed that comes out of that for, uh, you know, essentially a gimme in that versus, you know, if you're, if you win a conference championship as a power five, you're automatically in, I think there's a lot more jurisdiction still to play with. So having that sort of, uh, you know, at large, six bids on top of that, I think is really nice because that gives us room to play with. And this is one thing that um, I brought up earlier today in a conversation that I had that the, I, I think my original argument had really been like pushing for 16. Cause I think 16 would just be a solid number. One more game than what's already being added. Excuse me. <laughs> had a lot of air in there. Um, one more game that's already being added, but you have the advantage in doing 12 that of course you don't expand your season even farther where players aren't interested, but also I think after you get to 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, you're starting to have this conversation of, all right, are we going to let a three loss Iowa state in? Are we going to let a three loss team in to this college football playoff? Because when you hit the 16s, the 17s, the 18s, when you do that, you start to get to the two loss, the three loss teams. And then your conversation is really like, do they really deserve to be in it? And then you have this kind of same conversation now, except the conversation isn't, do you have one loss, two loss, you're out. But if do you have one loss, Right now, it's are you undefeated? And if you're not, what is your one loss and how close was it? And who did you lose to? And so like having some more room 
more allowance to be able to play. Um, and, you know, in this season, the Bearcats, you know, we could be theoretically a wild card in a 12-team playoff, even after losing to Arkansas. But right now, unfortunately, the way it is, you lose to Arkansas, season's over, like as far as the college football playoff is concerned. So that's one of those things that, like, I think will – alleviate that conversation and alleviate the pressure off of some teams to like be perfection every single week because you have the ability to make up for it at the end of the season. So two points in response real quick, Justin, um, I was actually going to bring that up later to uh, later on the show because I listened to the uh, Andy Staples show on the athletic and uh, Ari Wasserman, who's a national recruiting writer. Uh, he chimed in about how, if, there's any buyer's remorse from the three teams that left the American to join the big 12 as of a conference path. And I think it's the same argument that Oklahoma is going to make in a couple of years when they can yep. stop making the playoff. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think just for, for them, they probably had some rivalry still. Obviously Oklahoma state is a big rivalry in the big 12 for them. But other than that, they probably were looking towards the sec, seeing how much money they made, seeing the caliber of player that was involved and, realizing for Oklahoma, if they wanted to win national championships, they probably needed to move to the SEC, which I hate and all the reasons why I don't <laughs> like what college football is doing. But for the Bearcats, I think it's the same thing, Justin. Like eventually, you know, it gets old for your fan base to continually win championships. Like, for it example, is. back in the 90s when Bearcats basketball was running the game uh, in the Conference USA, did anybody really care about like if the Bearcats were going to win conference USA and like, right. you know, it's like the old Memphis thing from when John Calipari was there. Like they didn't really matter what they did in the reg regular season or the conference, you know, they were still going to get in, but people it's what's happening with Gonzaga now. Like they are yeah. kind of penalized in the tournament for playing in a weaker conference. And like, they haven't won a title uh, even though they've been really good had a couple of number one seeds over the past couple of years and transitioning that analogy to football. Like I think obviously, you know, winning the conference championship is an easy route, especially in the American, if we had kept up our, our ways, but I think it's just one, it's a way to keep Luke fickle here as long as possible, because if you mm -hmm. stayed in the G five, it's likely that he would have tried to move on. Eventually we all yeah. know the one job that he wants, you know, right. but he might've, found a reason to move on to a different job just to try something new if we hadn't moved up to this challenge of a power five conference number two i think the like our in-conference rivals other than uh ucf and houston maybe memphis uh they're getting a little bit stale uh and like we talked about i think we talked about this when we visited the tailgate talks guys on the texas tech podcast um no one started caring and no one ever really cared about playing Tulsa or no one ever right. really cared about playing temple. Um, and it'll be a little bit weird. Uh, but I think people will really care about playing West Virginia. People will eventually start to hate a team. Like, I don't know, like Iowa state or yeah. uh, Oklahoma state, or we're going to hate West Virginia immediately. Once right. again, <laughs> I, I think it was just like overall as a status move, it was definitely a better thing for us to move yeah. up. Um, and just, it's, I don't know. I think now, like with how the playoff is expanded, I think it's good though for the G5 team that doesn't have to schedule heaven and earth on uh, right. three, uh, two out of three weeks, both on the road to get yeah. a chance at getting in and have all this other stuff happen. It's just going to be handed to them. And likely they will have the same fate most of the times as like we did in the college football playoff, although there will be 
some first round upsets between five and 12. And I'm looking forward to that, but otherwise I think it's just, I think it's a good thing for everybody. Like, I don't think yeah. we need to really nitpick like one way or the other. Like this was probably going to happen whether UC moved or not. I, I think it was just a good thing for UC to move. And I think there's just a fan base there that is, was just getting a little bit tired of playing teams that are in our conference, like Tulane and Tulsa temple. And it's going to be re-energized by playing teams such as like Texas tech, or, you know, maybe for a couple of years, Texas and Oklahoma, Iowa state, Kansas state, Kansas and basketball, West Virginia, the, the big 12 is going to give us a lot of opportunities to play a lot of high profile games. And yeah. I think just for the long-term like success of the program, I think that was what was best. Yeah, no. And I a hundred percent agree with that too. And like, uh, you know, the classic SEC tagline, it just means more. I mean, I think it's kind of the same thing with the Big 12. Like, it just, it feels like it means more when you play every week. When you play teams, you play fan bases that care so much more. And we've had this conversation so many times, but, you know, the Big 12, like, the fan base, fan bases in between all of those teams really do care, and they really hate each other, too. And so, like, it's one of those things where, like, when you go in every single week, like, I mean, not to get philosophical, but, you know, the joys of sports are seeing your team succeed and seeing the teams that you hate fail. Like, and that's, and that's just how it is. And, and actually this is a point that I wanted to bring up too, because we brought up Scotty McFrosty last week and we have to bring up good old Burger King, Brian Kelly, BK taking another L um, on the reigns of our teams that we love to see fail we love to see any team that brian kelly coaches fail uh and this week lsu did it in an absolute uh slobber knock dude like i don't even know what to call it that game like i i saw so many tweets like i think reddit cfb uh threw out a tweet that i just thought was really funny it's like it's week one and we already have to spend the next uh whatever 12 weeks trying to find the second best game of the season because <laughs> nothing <laughs> yeah. else will top that week one gave us a bunch of great games yeah. and very memeable games too but um man he looks just old like i swear that job has aged he him does. faster than like the president ages like yeah. when he's in <laughs> office. like he looked like a lot more wrinkles maybe it's the bad lighting in the superdome or something but yeah i don't know what it was but he looked old man he's like, losing and- the color in his hair too <laughs> Yeah, I know. White. I know. And like, uh, I don't know, maybe he just looked better in like the afternoon glow of a Notre Dame <laughs> South Bend sky. But yeah, at nighttime at uh, Tiger Stadium, he's going to look like those crow's feet are going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it was just very, I don't know, it was just like so funny and LSU shouldn't have even had a chance to be in that game yeah, no if kidding. it weren't for Mike Norvell and his offensive staff calling a pitch play on the two yard line. Like <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Did we what not learn doing? from the Patriots? <laughs> Did we no. not learn from the Patriots and uh, Seahawks Super Bowl? No. And so LSU is coming up with that miraculous drive and a Justin, I'm going to tell you a name that I forgot about until someone mentioned it that Sunday night. Uh, Mike Denbrock was the one calling the plays Ooh. for that miraculous drive. And I'm like, it that just guy? sweetens the deal. That guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then obviously we all know what happened right at the end of uh, LSU. Yeah. Uh, they could have had all of their extra points blocked. Apparently um, they did get a, a field goal blocked earlier in the game. And uh, they said they made an adjustment, but clearly the adjustment was not listened to. Um, yep. And then field goal gets blocked. It had a chance, but it hit the crossbar and it just 
bounced away. No good. Um, so, you know, it's just kind of funny though. And like today, uh, as we record, there's a clip going viral right now from his press conference where he was, uh, playful, trying to playfully admonish a reporter for showing up late. And the reporter responded to him with, well, if you want a game, then we might show up on time. And yeah. I was like, there, there is no love lost early. And like, now it's got me wondering, like, if they're going to fire him after one year, like, if mm-hmm. I really think there's going to be some buyer's remorse with that contract. And I, this just gives me, gives my Grinch heart joy to see the rest <laughs> of the internet joining in on the clown Brian Kelly club. Like, because it was mostly UC fans and he definitely got some hate as being the Notre Dame coach over the past decade. But I think everybody is, no one's on his side now. I think everybody's against him now. Yeah. I think, I think it took honestly until after he took five steps into Nippert stadium again. And I think when that happened, I remember like just the fanfare that day. Like I think everybody was cheering for the players, but nobody was cheering for Brian Kelly. Like, yeah. and it was just one of those things. I forget exactly which game that Were you, was you on the field with, with yeah. us. It was the Tulsa game that year. Yeah. I like very clearly remember like Cause I wanted to see it. Like I wanted to see what happened. So, and like, it was in front of our sideline on like the 20 yard line going mm-hmm. toward the close end of Nippert. And like all the players were out there. And of course, BK has to be the last one to walk right. out there. And like, and they, I think they just like, please welcome the 2009 team and head coach and like 2009 team. Yeah. And head yeah. coach Brian Kelly. And then yeah. it was the weirdest mix of like, <laughs> yeah, and boo, like right. I've ever yeah. heard. It was just weird, you know. And yeah. usually, you know, we haven't really heard much, a lot of booing um, for our own team at Nippert because when give a Cincinnati fans credit, <laughs> when the team's bad, they don't boo. They just don't show up. They just That's don't. That's true. Go. Like, I mean, the Reds have been dealing with that all year this year. The Bengals had that uh, for a few years back there. So yeah, uh, we don't have any time to waste on stinky teams. Like we're well, kind of just like, no, nah, we're not going. I mean, if there was anything that my mom taught me very early uh, when Brian Kelly left, because she uh, has a, she had a Brian Kelly bobblehead. And after he left the team for Notre Dame, sitting on her desk, she made a little tiny brown paper bag and put it over top of his head and it's been like that for 10 years and it is the funniest thing but i mean that's people were just rubbed the wrong way with it and it's just you know and again brian kelly did the same thing to notre dame fans and now they feel the same way he's the Um, only coach to leave after winning 11 games at two different places like yeah just just crazy and it's and especially like to just walk out, you know, just play the bowl game. I think if he would have just gone to the Sugar Bowl and lost, and then gone to Notre Dame, he would have all the respect in the world. But it's because of the timing of that. I mean, people still game. love Scott Scooter McFrosty at yeah. uh, UCF, you know, and like yeah, and I don't know, it was just a weird circumstance, and like the whole thing with him saying he wouldn't leave if it was even like the Patriots and all that. Right. Like, it was just, I don't know, he's a two faced. He's he is Harvey Dent. So yeah, he really is. Well, <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> not losing sleep over that anymore. No, and that and that's and that's exactly how it should. That be. was in grade school, Justin. Like, think about yeah. that. Like that yeah. that man hurt <laughs> us, and we were in like grade school. Like that's yeah. Crazy. Well, now we get to sit here and watch him fail while the Bearcats, uh, not succeeding in the first week, but uh, we'll probably plow through the rest of the schedule. Um, and this is actually one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, getting back to the Bearcats here, uh, which this is a Bearcat centric show. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, coming up this week, Kennesaw State 
Uh, they do employ the triple option, as does Navy. Navy, another team that another triple option team that saw an L this week, uh, another one on our schedule, uh, lost to Delaware 14 to 7 in the infamous uh, salute to <laughs> the midshipmen. Uh, hell of a celebration takes a lot of balls to do that in Navy Stadium to salute them after you score a touchdown on them, uh, regardless of. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> but um, anyway, speaking about Kennesaw State, uh, they lost their first game to Samford. I believe it was like 24 to 17. Uh, nothing crazy there. Kennesaw State. Um, and I wanted to list off the rest of our non-conference real quick before we focus in on them. Miami also lost. Uh, they lost to uh, Kentucky. Um, I believe that was on the road, I would assume. It was at UK. Um, yeah. Yep. At UK, 37 to 13. Uh, so they pretty much got the break speed off of them. And then Indiana came away with a win. And I think that was a 23 to 20 win. Yep. 23 to 20 over Illinois. So our non conference schedule, not really helping us out, doing any favors. But at the same time, I mean, at this point, I think our conversation of if we win and we win out, you know, what is, what are we playing for? Do you, th I, I would think we're probably, we'd have to beat everyone very convincingly and win out for sure. And win in the conference championship in order to probably get a New York six bowl. But I think the possibility is there, um, but it all starts with Kennesaw state this week. Uh, got to take care of business and got to beat the brakes off of them. Um, we had this game last year uh, against the same sort of type of game uh, against a, Murray State. Navy or Murray State. Yeah. Murray State. And that ended up being what, like a 42 to 7, 42 to 14, something like that. Um, but it was 7 7 at the end of the third yes. quarter. And like people were just very upset. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, it took a while for the Bearcats to get rolling, which we have definitely seen. The Bearcats, I think, have proven over time. I don't think it takes last year or the year before, or what we've seen so far this year with Arkansas to realize that Bearcats are just not a first half team. If they come out swinging, you can kiss that game goodbye. But if they play the way the Bearcats usually do in their first half, you may have a fighting chance as an opponent. Um, I mean, the, the only game I can think of where they've really come out swinging in the first half is that Notre Dame game. And like, even then, yeah. like, I think we missed a kick in that first half, but Oh, like, in SMU last year, SMU. Yeah, that's true. Just yeah, those uh, two though. Any Sunny Dykes team, we've mostly just come out and kicked their butt. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, usually we like to play with our food a little bit before putting it away. Um, but I think I, I think this the loss last week will only help the guys become more motivated and be like, okay, we don't we don't want that to become a habit. Hopefully, they can just take care of business early and put it away. I mean, Kennesaw State is ranked, but they dropped a lot after losing last week, and. Yep. Uh, it's not like we haven't seen the triple option before. Bearcats have played a triple option team uh, four of the last five years, with uh, the only exception being 2019, where we did not play an option team. Uh, we've played Navy three of the last five years, and we played Army in the 2020 yep. season. So, um, And we'll play Navy again, and we'll play Kennesaw. So but just a little inside baseball. They've been practicing triple options since, like, may june like yeah. that's one of their things they do you just you have to practice it like you you yeah. can't just go in blind like that one week of practice and just install that you have right. to be ready for that so you know they'll ramp it up more as obviously this week and then the navy game comes but um 
Justin, real quick on Navy. Uh, apparently their coach said that this is like the most talented team he's had there, and they just put up seven points and lost to an FCS team. So uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on in Navy, but it, it's it's not good. So shout yeah. out to the troops. But, uh, yeah, no kidding. It's I saw I, that I really have to I say this real quick before I forget it. I remember seeing a tweet too, and I can't for the life of me figure out who remember who put it out, but it said uh, it's like the two most powerful forces man has ever created: the American Navy and the American Army are unbeatable in anything in the world except when it comes to football. And you are two <laughs> two schools with like a golden and a blue chicken or something yeah, as your mascot. Yeah. yeah it was and something about <laughs> like blue and teal chickens. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> exactly. the, or was it army or no, I don't think it was army. I think maybe it was air force. No, it lost. was army. It was army. army. Okay. Army went on the road and lost to coastal. Yeah. Yep. Coastal. So, yep. Chanticleers. Yeah. And then, um, uh, by the way, uh, for the Liberty. Uh, so sorry for the, um, the victory bell game against Miami uh, Miami is going to be missing uh, Brett Gabbert. They're starting QB. He got hurt um, in the UK game. So we'll likely see a redshirt freshman. So gotcha. Not that and any of us were really worried about that game, but it's just another thing. I'm you know? seeing now too, that that's an 11 AM start. I have, uh, that, well, that's, that's a noon, a noon stuff. Oh yeah. Noon central time, central time folks. I've got to get used to that. I was going to say, yeah, honestly though, like, I was like, I have never heard of an 11 a.m. start. I don't think that's possible, but here we are. We had one 1130 start. Um, It was that 2016 year uh, where we were not very good. Uh, It was a CBS Sports Network game against uh, UConn, and we lost that game. So uh, that's one I would like to forget, but I unfortunately remember So Maybe we were were probably close enough to start cutting into the uh, BPL uh, broadcast. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, I'm not too worried about them. Uh, I I don't want to see the Bearcats commit a turnover this week, but if you're so inclined, look up Kennesaw State's uh, turnover thing. It's a turnover plank in the style of Ed, Ed, and Eddie from back in the Cartoon Network days. And it's just <laughs> like a, a face drawn on a plank and they all celebrate with it. So that's it's kind awesome. of fun. Obviously, <laughs> hopefully the Bearcats don't turn it over this week. But uh, Justin, I wanted to just go through some quotes real quick from yeah. Coach Fickle's press conference earlier on Tuesday. Um, so he, uh, he said that uh, – They gave up 13 uh, big plays defensively, which is defined as 15 or more yards against Arkansas. He said, the reality is we gave up 40 all of last season and 13 in one game. Uh, He said it was very noticeable on the film. So while we thought the defense was definitely good, maybe not as good as last year. And obviously Arkansas, I think is a a good team and uh, just catching them on week one is rough. Um, And I think so another Another point, you know, he he talked about was just about the, uh, you know, he's he said in his post game press conference a lot of things we're going to get a lot better at. It's a team that's going to be much better, as it, much different as it continues to move forward. And the big thing that a lot of people are preaching this year, uh, if you see it on the official accounts or uh, like Justin uh, will uh, has used it for a story uh, last week, it's a lot about reloading this year. Yep. That's kind of been the theme of this year is to reload. And it's obviously the rebuild word is a bad word in Cincinnati. Yeah. So reload is definitely like what we're going for here. And I think I said it on the post game show, but really it's all about like these big games are the last hurdle for us to go, to go past as a program. I was talking yeah. about this with my mother, my, my guy, Zach, who was on the post game spaces with us, but um, 
like we, I think Fickle wants us to be an Ohio State. He doesn't want us to be a Notre Dame that gets mm-hmm. to that echelon but never wins anything. He wants right. us to be that top program that wins those big games. And yeah, I, that was my only critique of Fickle before the Notre Dame game last year is that like it seemed like any big game we were ever in, we did not win. Like yeah. 2018 UCF, 2019 Ohio State. Yeah. Uh, the boat of uh, the the Memphis Conference Championship game that year. Yep. Obviously, we won the Conference Championship game at home in 2020, um, but the Georgia game, uh, the the Peach Bowl, right? Uh, you know, and then obviously Cotton Bowl, and then this Arkansas game. Um, I'm yeah. probably the only one who's nitpicking about that. You know, I, I don't think there's anybody else like because all the other games that we played have mostly been wins in the past the three seasons. So. Yeah. Those are the only things we can really nitpick on, but right. I think that's just, you know, it's an unfortunate part of losing so many guys and, you know, just, we're just going to, we're going to get better as the season goes on. I think Ben Bryan is going to stay the starter. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that though. Yeah. Well, and, and just kind of circle back to your point before I jump to that. Um, you know, I, I think, I think here's one thing that like, we're not going to get into this like sort of Mick Cronin realm where, you know, I think with Mick, it was, Mick had a lot more time than I think Fick did. And still we've, we've hit that. We've hit that upper echelon really fast and right. those expectations. But I think, you know, at the same time, at the end of the day, a uh, coach is a coach and you know, your leader, your team is going to be your leader team. And you do expect to win those big games. And like, if there is any sort of nitpicking that people have, I think that would just be that, you know, you've got a point. Like when we get to those big games, we just can't get over that hump. And I don't know what that is. And maybe it's, you know, this or that. A lot of people will say like, there's, you know, it's just, there's a talent gap. You play a team like Georgia. We took them to the wire, which a lot of people weren't expecting us to. And that comes down to clock management. And then you have things like with Arkansas and Alabama and, you know, these games where like, you should go in and expect to be the Alabama, maybe not Arkansas though, even on the road, you should go in and expect to be the better team. And I think, this I this week was he, here's my thing here and this this is again not I don't think this is critical at all of fickle I think this is just critical of how this team has functioned just in this game lack of discipline like honestly and you know it's it's just we're sitting here we're two podcasters we don't play football we're not you know we we know the game but we don't know it like football players we don't know it like anybody else who's in there but at the same time like you can watch as, as a fan and you can watch critically and you can say like the, you know, the delay of games, the delay of game, the delay of game, the delay of game, the delay of game, the, you know, the false starts, the false, start, and it, it, like those penalties pile up and those are recurring issues for the Bearcats over the past few years. Like this is not a new thing. Like we, and I think we even, somebody had mentioned this too in that uh, post game pod that we did. Is like if these are these are issues that are identifiable and still have yet to be fixed, and that's the thing where like if I would ever be critical of Fick, it wouldn't necessarily be these big games not necessarily showing up, as much as it would be cleaning up those things. And I don't know, you know, can you blame your coach for that, or is it just the players, you know? And that's one of those things where like, who do you pass blame to? Who do you sort of you know try to? make sure takes accountability for that and make sure those changes happen. And I feel like ultimately year over year, those systems have to just come down to the coach and the coach has to fix those. And that's again, Fick has 
brought us so far, but if there's one thing that could be improved, it's just making sure we tie up those loose ends because we get penalized a lot. One thing that obviously is not going our way already again this year, we've already had this conversation of kicking. We're not going to blame a guy who just transferred in and is going to is taking his first game on the road in an art environment like Arkansas and say, well, and especially with one going off the freaking post, like I think a lot of people were really critical of him really like out of the gate. And I think it's just the expectation of like, well, we were dead last in FBS last year in field goal percentage. Like that's a thing you got to clean up. And when you come out the gates and your kicking doesn't look like it's improved all that much, six points keeps us in this game. That's a 24 31 game. And that's if Arkansas scores, because we don't, you know, we take advantage of those possessions that we have. And so I don't know, like, I, I, I really think like that is kind of an interesting conversation, but I would really like to see kind of where, um, you know, maybe we can make some of those improvements as a team and maybe we're not generating so many uh, turnovers or so many just uh, we we turn a first and goal into a, you know, third and 25. Like the, those kind of things should never happen. Like they really shouldn't like unless you've got like a targeting call or something off the wall where it's just like, wow, you're screwed there. Like you shouldn't, it shouldn't be false starts. It shouldn't be offensive, you know, delay of games. It shouldn't be things like that that are causing that. Curtailing into the point that you were mentioning about Ben Bryant. Um, and to make this quick, I, I agree. I think Ben's going to be the starter. I think it just makes sense. Um, I, I think it makes sense for the team I, as fans. I think we want to, we all want to see Prater and that's no knock to Ben. I think it's just one of those things that like he's, he, he is, he's flashy. He's a flashy, exciting player. He's character wise, like play style wise, everything about him reads so much like Des and we know what we had with Des and we know where Des started and we know where he got to. And I think we all see that mold and that path. And we're like, Evan can fit right into that. And with Ben, you know, that like, this is his year and like, this is, he's, he's, back to you know kind of make a point and then he's gone and so like we look at it that way and i think that's one of those things where like we want a quarterback that can age with the team because it worked so well with des is that necessarily the best thing for the team maybe he needs more time under the belt like i i really genuinely feel like if he was ready for this he i mean he had everything going for him as a recruit i really feel like if he was the number one option going in Arkansas, he would have played as much yep. as I would have loved to see him play as much as all of us fans would have loved to see him play. I think he would have been clear cut the choice. And if, even if he wasn't and Fick is, you know, this QB, you know, here's your QB one kind of guy. I think that Fick would have split time or something. If, if it was a close, if it was the close decision that we all hoped it would be, but apparently if it's not, I, I, you can't blame a coach for wanting to stick with that guy because you see so many teams try to run two QBs and it fails miserably. And it's because your offense, your offense, your offense, so you see the Southern twang starting to kick in your offense can't really get into a swing of things when you're switching up QBs and you have different chemistry. You have guys that might put the ball a little long, might put the ball a little short, might run with it you know, you might expect this play to get shifted up. And I think with Evan, there's that play creation that you would hope for, but with Ben, maybe you don't have that, but maybe you have a bit more accurate of a long and a, or arm and a deep ball. And so like, it's these trade-offs, but yeah, I, I really don't see why 
Evan would start this week if he didn't start against Arkansas. And I mean, if he does, maybe something happened in practice and something shifted around there. But honestly, like, I, I feel like Evan knows that like this is his team next year. He thought it was going to be it this year, but I, I mean, I, I, I don't see why he wouldn't stick around and make sure that he owns his team. I mean, this is his hometown team. He grew up a Bearcats fan. Like that's how it's going to be. So with this week, uh, we are going to be more officially employing our Google form for everyone to fill out their picks alongside us uh, for the week. Um, we have not yet decided what the winner will get uh, currently. Uh, very easy one. We'll uh, we'll give you a shout out on the pod uh, for the listeners. Uh, if you are our highest point total, uh, we'll get you that. And hell, honestly, if you just do it, we'll give you a shout out on the pod. We want to get people involved. So uh, go fill out that Google form. Uh, we'll put up that link on our Twitter uh, this week, uh, releasing with this episode. But Steve, please, without further ado, uh, introduce us. By the way, Justin, I think we need a name uh, for this. Uh, Struggle oh, yeah. for the Stake is affectionately taken by our friends Dan <laughs> Kel- uh, Dan Horde and Jim Kelly. So um, maybe for like maybe it's like the Struggle for the Skyline or something, something a little <laughs> bit more within our budget range. But it's real simple, everybody. <laughs> a couple different things. We are going to be making our predictions for each week for the Bearcats for what they're going to do that week. And we want you to play along as well. I am going to create the Google form. I said I would last week. I did not, but I'm going to do it this week. We are going to let you in and predict what will happen in this week's game. It's pretty simple. You predict the score of the game. If you get both sides right, you get 15 points. If you get the Bearcat side right, you get five. If you get the other team right, you get five. But if you get them both right, extra five bonus points, 15 total. Perfect. Next, we will have our first touchdown of the game. So they, it has to be a passing touchdown for a quarterback or no, I'm sorry, it has to be a running touchdown if you choose a quarterback or it can be a running touchdown by a running back, of course, or a receiving touchdown by any receiver. But it cannot be a passing touchdown attributed to a quarterback. It has to be right. to the person that catches the ball. Do you know uh, if this it, was a Jerome Ford year? You probably could pick him just for an extra <laughs> because he did have a lot of catching or uh, receiving touchdowns too. So he did might have an extra out. boost with a receiver, uh, with a running back. Yes. And then, uh, so either of those, if you get, if you get those right, that'll be one point. Uh, and then uh, we are also, was it one point or three points? Three, 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 three points. Okay. Yeah. Three points for that. And then <laughs> we are also putting up, how many rushing and passing yards the Bearcats will have. So for example, this past weekend, the Ben Bryant had 325 passing yards and the Bearcats totaled over a hundred rushing yards. I don't know the exact number, but so say if you were closest or if you got it right on the money, you would get the three points. So we're going to open this up to everybody. We want everybody to play. Maybe we can give out a shirt. Maybe we can get out like, Justin, I got a lot of old clothes from the video. Games. <laughs> you can give out something like that. I could just buy a Skyline gift card for it. Whatever we want to do. We'll figure it out. Yep. But uh, scramble for the Skyline. Why don't we get Skyline as a sponsor and get yeah. them involved? Um, uh, how about we just do Chase for the Chili right now? Sponsor Chase for the Chili. That, that works perfectly. Penny. Yeah, sponsor okay. Penny. <laughs> so, Justin, um, I think neither of us 
got anything right last week. We'll have to check. Um, I think I said the Bearcats would only pass for about 225 yards and rush for about 105. So mm-hmm. um, we'll have to check ourselves on that. But Justin, this week, I'm going to start off with the with my predictions again for what's going to happen in this weekend's game against your Kennesaw State Owls. So Justin, I think the score for this game will be Bearcats 42, Kennesaw State 3. I really think okay. it's going to be a battle that the Bearcats prepared for because of their familiarity with the option attack and because this offense wants to show we can score points. We are good. We are going to get this figured out this week. And I think they want to show that to all the fans. I don't think they want to repeat what happened last year with Murray State. Uh, our first touchdown of the game will be scored by Tyler Scott. Uh, I picked him last week and I'm going to pick him again because he seems to be one of our top targets this year, because if Trey Tucker's our number one and he's going to be covered, I'm going to say that Tyler Scott is able to scoop up some balls there. Our first turnover of the game. Now, uh, oh, I didn't, I don't think I mentioned that. I'm sorry. Uh, did I mention that, Justin? The, the uh, no, I don't think he did, but same, okay. same applies. <laughs> yes. Uh, so if you correctly predict someone to uh, get a takeaway from the Bearcat side of the ball at any point in the game, you get three points as well. Uh, I don't know the defensive lineman who ended up uh, getting the fumble last week for the Bearcats, but if you had picked that man per se in your predictions and he obviously would have recovered the fumble, you would have got three points. So uh, last week I picked Deshaun Pace. I thought that we might have had an interception. Um, This week I am going to go with Arquan Bush. Um, okay. I think, you know, Kennesaw might have to get in some third and long situations where they might have to pass. I don't know how familiar they are with the passing game since they are a triple option team, but uh, Arquan did close the game last year against Navy with a pick as, as Navy was attempting to drive late. So I say he reprises that effort against another triple option team and he gets the pick. Um, there you go. Rushing yards. I say the Bearcats will want to was passing yards first, excuse me. I think the Bearcats can go for another 325. I think that's a good round number. I like I like fives and zeros for some reason, Justin. I don't really know why, but um, I think that's a good good round number for something. And I don't know how much the Bearcats will be passing if they're if they are up by as much as I predict them to be late in the game. Uh, so for the rushing attack, I think they're going to want to establish the ground game. They didn't. They they did do some of that last week, but obviously it was kind of tough sledding against the Arkansas D line. So. This week, I do predict the Bearcats to have 175 yards of rushing. So that's going to be a barn burner. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think they want to get Miles Montgomery and Corey Kiner going. And I think they want to give them a chance. And maybe even we see Evan Prater get in there like he did for one play and, you know, do a design run or something. But um, I do think they want to establish the run that we have all these offensive linemen returning other than Jake Renfro. Um, so, uh, shout out to him. I hope he's feeling all right, by the way, but yep. I, I think they will want to show that they can run the rock. Yep. I agree with that. I think that makes a lot of sense to, uh, answer your uh, question about that. Eric Phillips actually, uh, jumped on two fumbles uh, against Arkansas. All right. To our ESPN, uh, stats. So, <laughs> uh, you had a six pointer then. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, so for me, I'm going to say that this game is going to end up being a interesting score. I'm going to say 48 to six. Okay. Um, I think that it 
you know, I, I think offensively last week, we we're trying to get a lot of things clicking. I don't think that it's really going to be too much of an issue this week. Home game, they're going to be pissed off. Fick must have laid into them all week long. I think it just makes sense. Defensively, I think Bearcats are going to strap down, but they might let a field goal or two get by them. Um, so I'm agreeing, agreeing with you on that too, that I don't think they're going to get too much out of that for Kennesaw. Um, as far as uh first touchdown of the game, I would say that's going to go. I'm going to say that's going to go to, or we, we don't know how this whole rushing attack is going to work again yet for this week, but I'm going to put my, put my feelers out there and I'm going to say, um, I'm going to say Nick Marner this week. I, I, I think, I think the rushing attack, I'm too, I'm too iffy on still. And I think, uh, we could get somebody in there for a touchdown. I think it might be him. If not, I think there's also a great possibility. It could be one of our other receivers and Scott or Tucker, but because uh, he was the guy that scored the Bearcats yep. first touchdown of the season. Correct. Yes, correct. So um, there are, maybe not, I don't think it was the first touchdown. I think it was because Kinder got the first touchdown. Oh, um, okay. Yep. Cause he rushed it in, but he got the first receiving touchdown. Um, so I'm going to go with Nick again on that, um, uh, for this week or granted I had why the last week, whatever, but going to go with him, uh, takeaway of the game. I'm going to say, uh, Deshaun pace. I think that just feels right. I think he's going to catch one over the seam, get that. And that'll be solid in there. Um, and then let's see our, um, rushing. I think our rushing yards, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 160. That feels like a clean number. I'm up there with you on that. I think it's going to be a high rushing week. Um, but I think that uh, our passing game will probably put us somewhere around, I'm going to say an even. Mm, let's go 300 yards. I feel like that feels pretty solid between the two. Um, personally, like I think, I really, I really think that like if they can really uncork the lid this week, that's going to be huge. I think we just felt it felt like there was a little bit of a uh, a helmet on our uh, on our end zones last week, uh, perhaps a, a cap on the bucket. So <laughs> hopefully we can kind of uncork that again this week and really get it going. And honestly, like I want, I want to bring this back because I think this is a really interesting uh, point that not a lot of people are and it, granted stats are going to be stats, but Ben Bryant, if you look at his stat board, like 26 for 43. Okay. That's a lot of passing. I don't remember a game where Des had over 40 passes. I mean, maybe there's a couple, but like 43 passes is a lot. That is a lot under the gun. Um, but regardless to have 325 yards, two touchdowns to one interception, granted there were a couple close ones <laughs> for sure. But um, I don't know. Like, I, I think when you, when you kind of look everything paired off, like if he can clean up some of those just overthrown passes, if we can turn some of those into catches by just getting it a little bit more accurate, I really feel like they could start opening up the offense super fast, but Again, yeah. we're all going to start with just making sure your ball is put in the right spot. And I think, and, too, like with Arkansas, like there was a couple holds they might have got away with. There's a couple little ticky-tack stuff that might have kept them. But honestly, like a lot of the balls were just overthrown to the receivers. 
Definitely. And I think this is something this is something we could talk about on another episode, but I think this uh, UC's path to victory this year is going to have to come through the run game a little bit more than in previous years yeah. because they're, uh, I mean, obviously season can change some things with Ben Bryant, but you're not really asking him to throw 40 times a game like he did during the Arkansas game. Yeah. You want him to be throwing 20 to 30 probably, or maybe even right. around that 25 number. And, uh, you know, pass hand the ball off to your running running game and let them work so um i definitely am not completely down on ben bryant's ability as a passer i think he's still got some value but i I just don't think we're gonna win games like that that we might have with des true that's a good point and i think honestly like it's gonna it this need this year might not need to look like as one individual the mike warren you know kind of junior year where he really tore things up, but I think it needs to look like that collectively as a team. Definitely. Um, just, you need to be able to really establish and, mm-hmm. you know, hold on to the rock. And I think that's going to be a huge thing for us this year. And clearly we have so much talent loaded. I'm honestly surprised, you know, this is a, uh, this is my knock on wood and everything stays wholly in the lands, but I really, you know, hope that we keep a lot of this talent that we have in this running back room. And of course we're going to lose a little bit of it, but um, you know, I remember that year that we had, we had Mike Warren, we had Tavion Thomas, we had um, uh, uh, Chuck. Well, Dokes was out for that. Dokes, year, but we, he was we out there, have had but him, still on yeah. the roster. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, you have so much talent and I don't know what it is about our running back room, but it always seems to be loaded. So, yeah. um, you know, being able to, move between those guys and again all of this comes and you still don't even have ethan wright as a running back on this roster (laughs) and like and that's crazy to think about that you know but just how much talent there really is there but regardless um yeah i i think i think this is going to be an interesting game for the bearcats to really show out their offense um and kind of you know, maybe get to experiment a little bit more, but uh, hopefully dial some things in and get a little bit uh, more quality passing, more quality catches and clean up the ticky tack stuff. Get, get on, get on top of that. And don't let your, don't let yourself, uh, you know, hang yourself out to dry. I I think that's the biggest thing We, we all know that, we would have had if Arkansas scored 31 points against a Bearcat team that looked like that, I would have liked to see how that game would have gone. Had the Bearcats played an actual, like decently clean game. I think we could have beat them by two, three scores had we actually done things right. But yeah, definitely. Here we are. Oh, and one looking into the rest of the season, staring down the barrel. What are the Bearcats going to do? Let's hope that they clean things up for Kennesaw. Um, and we get everything nip and tuck there. Steve, I don't know if we really have all that much left, if anything at all. Um, just one thing. I did want to shout out this comment on The Athletic uh, that Justin Williams posted. Uh, it was a comment from a reader who said, I hope Fickle had the boys wearing their helmets to has their to class, to practice <laughs> everywhere this week. So, um, yeah, Justin, maybe we can track that on Saturday. Uh, see how many helmets fly off, because yeah. I'm sure that will be a, uh, a point of consternation. Uh, this week for Mr. Fickle and the boys. So I would be surprised. I should we? We're gonna add that to this week. Actually, we're adding that. <laughs> we're we're. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. How many right helmets are gonna Google fall? Form. Yeah, I'm gonna say that probably the over under on that right now is is a one. <laughs> like I I really think if a single helmet, helmet falls yeah. off, 
uh, Fickle Will, Miles Garrett, uh, the equipment team, real quick. He's going to take that helmet. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron Donald, anybody, Montez Perfect, somebody, somebody is getting decked, and they're they're gonna they're gonna catch what's coming. I don't know. Some whatever happened last week, I I've never seen anything like that in my life. <laughs> I really haven't. Um, but apparently we Damn just don't play with chin straps anymore. Shout out to the equipment guys though, because for for almost all of time, like equipment guys have always been on their P's and Q's. And you know, that really sucks to just have like one week like that where it's just for some reason everything's going wrong. Old rivalries die hard for me, Justin. We used to play them <laughs> all the time in uh foot in a, a touch football at, at higher ground, you know, it was the video kids against the equipment kids and they always had the we're wearing like cleats and gloves and it was oh, just yeah. us just in our bare hands and uh, sometimes <laughs> bare feet. So, you know, like, oh my. It was just a rugged uphill battle, but you know, <laughs> shout out to them though. They work long hours, so I'm sure they so they're going to get that figured out this week, but it would be funny if any more helmets popped off. Yeah. Hopefully that is not the case, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think that's just about all for me. Uh, Steve, I think that might be, sounds like all from you. Um, yep. We are going to be excited for this Kennesaw game. Um, I will try to do a post game pod again this week, the little Twitter spaces. We won't have our lovely voice and face of Steve, but uh, we will try to get that up and see what everybody has to say. Hopefully this one goes a lot better than last week did. Um, but with all that said, thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, thank you for checking out video. If you're tuning into that too, um, let us know if you're watching video as well, because that would always be great to know. Um, and we'll try to put out some clips and try to make it a little more interactive and less just listening to our voices into the void as we talk. So again, thank you. Um, be on the lookout for our post game pod after Kennesaw and good luck for the rest of your week. Hope you enjoy it. Go Bearcats. Go Bearcats. Like, rate, review, subscribe.